Hi, this is Kylie, and you're listening to episode 41 of Fixer Up. If this is your first time listening to me, thank you. As with the other episodes with the My True Test title, this one is a continuation of that saga, specifically episodes 35, 36, and 39 should be ones that you may want to focus on if you want to get the whole saga. It really is a saga playing out in front of me too, and I'm one of the main players. It's a role I was born to play, <laughs> literally and figuratively. <laughs> if you've listened to other episodes and have come back again, thank you. What role do you think you were born to play, besides the ones that you're now playing, obviously? And they're roles, right? I mean, some of it is who I am, but some of it is most definitely a role. Or maybe none of it is. Maybe though different roles are all just different facets of who I am and who you are. Huh, I wonder. Anyways, let's get to it. If you remember from last time, the universe gave us a massive blessing that some of us recognized right away. Me, 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 me. <laughs> but others in this saga did not. Can you guess who thought it was a scam or a waste? I know you can guess the first player. My mom, of course. She's never been a look at the bright side type of person. <laughs> Can you guess the second player that was totally poo-pooing the whole idea? Okay, I'll give you a second to think about it, but just think about my crazy effed up family. Yep, you're right. My lovely sister. There were some other two-bit players that were all negative Nancy on the whole idea too. And I say two-bit players with all disrespect because, well, that's all they deserve. But we'll get to that. Okay, even though there was a studio available, we still had to go through the formal application process. I'm not gonna lie, I was inwardly freaking out a bit. One, I thought it would be mounts of paperwork, and two, because part of the process was a medical assessment that my mom would have to pass. Now, I didn't doubt her ability to actually pass the assessment. I thought she would fail it on purpose though, because that's how she rolls. I did end up going to my dad's place to go through the application and print stuff out. So that was helpful because they were very encouraging to me and like, do you need some cake and everything okay? And I was like, it's okay. You know, <laughs> it wasn't too bad. I was pleasantly surprised. I had a few pieces of info that I needed to get from my mom's apartment, but she seemed to have a good idea where those were. So we were just chugging right along. My brother actually came in for the medical assessment, which made it a bit easier on me too, because I only needed to be on the phone for that. And she passed. Yay! I was breathing a sigh of relief at this point. We also felt that realistically, we probably had at least a few weeks, maybe even like four or five, until we needed to start packing up her apartment. The nurse who did the assessment said that in her experience, my mom should be getting several more weeks of intensive therapy after her surgery. So we took this to heart and gave ourselves the weekend as a break. And again, by we, I mean me. <laughs> after all, I needed to get to my own household stuff. Well, turns out that the sigh of relief was a bit premature <laughs> because the universe responded with the big fat, nope. Before I get there though, let's talk about my biggest opponent in this whole process the star of this saga, my mom. She kept coming up with theories about why her going into supportive living wasn't a good idea. My mom has never been the sharpest tack, especially not when she's had a bug in her ear about how bad this was going to be for her. On one visit, she told me to speak with one of my cousins 
enter one of this saga's two-bit players because he had a lot of questions about where she was going and he had several ideas of what we could do instead of sending her to this prison. Let me give you a little background. This particular cousin has nothing to do with any of us or any of this. Not only that, but none of us, except for Linda, whose judgment is sus, right? And with so many memories flooding my mind in the last several months of all of this stuff, a lot of super sus stuff has resurfaced for me. A lot of super sus stuff. That's kind of hard to say. Anyways, so none of us trust him at all. He's always skeeved me out a little bit too, like... I mean, really scaped me out. Okay. Public service announcement. Unless the family member who is doing the heavy lifting is asking for help or you are directly contributing to help the family in some way versus piling on other suggestions to help, then stay the fuck out of their way. The only thing my two-bit player cousin was contributing to the situation was stress to my mom and to the rest of us. Not only that, but he also doesn't have any direct experience to pull from with this stuff. Like, and I know this to be true because I'm friends with his mom, right? So as you can imagine, some two-bit player family member feeding my mom horror stories of nursing homes and bad state ratings wasn't helping anyone. I wanted to say, shut the fuck up, you creepy man. But instead, I asked my brother to deal with him. And I was shot down quickly with something like, why would we take advice from someone whose own family stays away? And there is some validity to that question. I'll give him that. But I wanted to do right by my mom. So I texted him, my cousin, because God knows I did not want to talk with him. And I told him to email me his questions. I gave him my backup email address, though, because, you know, he doesn't pass the real email threshold. Anyways. I also assured my mom that all of the ratings I could find on her new place were good, which was the truth. I also asked the head of the nursing department at the new place if she would answer some questions for us so that my mom could feel better about all of it. I kept reminding my mom that this was a blessing from the universe, though. This was a major coup. I was trying anything to get her on board and maybe give myself a second to breathe and focus on my own stuff. As I said before, the universe responded with the big fat, nope. The next week or so is a blur in my mind. I got the dreaded call from rehab that insurance was kicking her out, stating that she had plateaued in therapy and reasonably wasn't going to get any better. She wasn't even back to a walker yet. It was going to be a huge blow to her self-esteem, which could easily derail the whole thing. Before I told her that, though, I did a conference call for her surgical follow-up appointment. I asked how she was progressing and if a brace would help or hinder her at this stage. They thought it would hinder her. I then asked about exercises she could do on her own because the new place was only going to have therapy two to three times a week. The doctor mentioned that she should absolutely be doing some stuff outside of therapy to work on her muscle strength, but he stressed that daily therapy would be best. That's when I told her and the doctor that insurance was cutting her off and that intensive therapy was no longer an option. Her therapy would stop in two days. He stressed her daily exercises. This is when she got a little bit out of hand with her comments, and it started to wear on me. 
She asked if I had spoken with my two-bit player cousin yet because there were other things we could do. I told her that I was waiting for his email with a list of questions. I reminded her again that she doesn't have any other options and her new place is an independent apartment where she will live on her own but can get help if she needs it. It is not a nursing home. She quickly reminded me that she has other options, but that none of my children love me enough to live with me. This was quickly followed up by, you must all hate me so much. Without missing a beat, I said, you're right. None of us are going to live with you. So this is your only option. I didn't even address the other comment. On the same call, she said to me, Kylie, you owe me an apology. I said, what in the world would I have to apologize to you for? She said, because you're putting me into such a horrible place. I simply said that I will never apologize for making sure she's not homeless and also told her not to hold her breath waiting for that apology because it's not going to come. I then told her that I would have to come out the next day so that she could fill out and sign the lease but that if she wasn't going to sign the lease, then I won't take off work to jump through yet another hoop for her, that my sister won't go to her house and start packing her stuff up, that my brother won't drive for six hours to help us pack up and move, and that we'll just go back to our normal lives that we've had to ignore for the past several months. I stressed that no one was forcing her hand, but she needed to tell me right then and there if she was going to sign this lease. I even made her say, I will sign the lease before I got off the phone. So she said it. So Operation Move Mom commenced. It wasn't pretty. In fact, there were parts that were downright fucking ugly, which leads me directly to the second negative Nancy with a capital N, my sister. She went out to start packing my mom's place and was getting a two-day jump start for us. Sounds great, right? Like I was like, awesome. We'll get two solid days of packing. And my sister knows how to pack. Most people know how to pack, you know? Well, it was two nights and one day, which turned out to be the equivalent of zero days and not worth the fucking time and money. I say that because it fucking cost me money. Anyways, I told her to focus on packing up what someone would need in a studio apartment. We also knew that my mom wanted her beloved genealogy research, but I simply told my sister that we'll pack all that up most of it wouldn't make it to her new apartment. That was all I wanted my sister to focus on. Should be pretty easy to do, right? Nope. It became a Herculean task for me, for my composure, for my mindset, for me biting my tongue, for my patience, for all of it. I walked into my mom's house after leaving my mom because she was too shaky to sign the lease, so I told her to take a nap and I would come back. I then went to get a bunch of packing supplies because my sister didn't remember to bring anything with her and also got her hot fucking food because she was too broke to feed herself. I walked into my sister sitting in the living room, listening to classical music, crying and fucking drinking. It was two o'clock in the afternoon. She had gotten there at five o'clock the night before. I asked her what she had packed up and she said nothing. Like, not that she didn't answer me. She actually said nothing. And then she started to cry more. I instantly turned into Linda Blair from The Exorcist. My head whipped around. And I said to her, what the fuck are you doing here then? If you aren't going to help us pack up 
then get the fuck out of this apartment right fucking now. We've got too much shit to do over the next several days than have to babysit your sorry ass too. Either get up and help me or get out of my way. She then got up and started putting boxes together with one piece of tape that we had to do completely fucking over the next couple days later. But she fucking tried, I guess. Like, she tried. At one point, I'd gone outside to the dumpster to toss out some stuff, and I came back, and she was a puddle in the corner of my mom's bedroom. Like, I looked at her and said, I was gone for like three fucking minutes. What just happened? What the fuck is wrong? And she just kept saying that this isn't going to work, that mom is pulling her bullshit and trying to force one of us to live with her, that mom was simply going to keep falling and keep breaking things, and that our mom is dying right before our eyes. I told her to keep her negative feelings to herself because it's our only option, and that if mom is going to have a chance for an independent life, then this was it. This chance isn't coming around again for Linda. If mom wants to fuck it up, that's on her, not on us. I also reminded my sister that because of her medical issues, our mom's basically been dying in front of us for our entire lives. She just never bothered to notice. I stayed for another hour or so and told her what else we needed done for packing. (laughs) I was being super optimistic. (laughs) I then went back to my mom so she could sign the lease, which she did. I also paid the extra money for my mom to stay in the rehab facility over the weekend until we could get her hospital bed delivered and put together at the new place. This was all just in case our appeal to the insurance company wasn't approved. Fingers and toes were crossed at this point. Okay, before I forget, here is the appeal process. You call a number, which I got from the rehab facility, and you tell the rep that you're appealing a decision. You then give some identifying information for the case, the name, the address, DOB, etc., and then state very matter-of-factly why you think the decision should be overturned. I got all the exact language to use from the rehab center. It took about 10 minutes to do it, and then you wait for the decision, which takes about two to three days. If the first appeal is denied, then you can appeal again, which could take up to two weeks for a decision. But at that point, you have to give the rehab facility a check for the two-week period before you put in for the second appeal. The check was supposed to cover the two-week period in case the second appeal was denied and would only be cashed if the second appeal was denied. And this check did not include any PT or OT, which is what we wanted for my mom to have more of in the first place. It was basically babysitting fees, food, and a bed. The check amount in our case was 5200 something, an insurmountable amount for us. However, we were able to come up with money for the weekend, which gave us time to finish packing up her old place and setting up the new place before she got there. I wanted it to be all set up for her when she arrived so she didn't have to worry about any of that, especially since she was still in the wheelchair. Other people in my family wanted the bed to be in there and us to worry about the rest later. What else would she need anyways? Needless to say, I was being driven to the end of my ropes by most people involved, but I was busting my dupa to make it as nice as I possibly could for her. Like I really believed, and I still believe, that this was 
and continues to be a great chance for her. I really, really believe that. Well, when I was making sure the bed was ordered and forking over a mortgage payment for her weekend babysitter, I got the call that her appeal was denied. Operation Move Mom was full steam ahead. Okay, I think I'm going to take a break here for a hot minute. I really thought the saga would have been up to date by the end of this episode, but now that I'm writing this all out, I realize I was wrong, way wrong. There's still so much more. I wish there wasn't. I mean, for fuck's sake, I really wish there wasn't. But my family does not disappoint. We are here for all of your saga drama needs. Ugh. I think what I'll do, though, is record this one and then quickly write and record the next part, too. And then I'll probably release the next one quickly after I release this one. That way, there's not too much break in the story, if that makes sense. Plus, it helps me get it out of my guts sooner. Thank you so much for listening to episode 41 of Fixer Up. I can honestly say that I hope none of you go through this shit with your aging parents. If you do, and you have to appeal insurance stuff, know that the first appeal process isn't too tough, but it can be very costly if it gets denied. Another tip, if you can have your parents start going through their things now, it will be so much easier on you and your siblings later. Another tip. If your aging parents say really mean things to you during difficult times, know that it's out of fear and pain and confusion. With my mom, it's out of those things as well, but she also doesn't have a history of being super nice. So I know she actually means the horrible things that she says, which kind of sucks, you know? Most likely, your parents do not mean the bad things that they're saying to you. As I mentioned in episode 39 and several others, I'm sure, I'm so thankful that I've had the therapy. Universe, I know that I'm still passing this test and I'm facing down the biggest opponents yet. I know that I'm still doing the right things by her and no one is going to convince me that this isn't a huge blessing for her and for the rest of us. If you like this episode, please hit the thumbs up, subscribe, tell your friends and write me a review. If you'd like to get a hold of me, my socials are mkylied and fix.her.up. Email is fixherup01 at gmail.com. Voicemail is 773-236-1112. And please check out my website. It's www.fixherup.net. Thanks again, Poopich. See you in a couple weeks or maybe just like a week. Okay, thanks. Ciao.